Merry Christmas from the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Santa Claus, Patrick Young. Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town, Patrick. He is. And what he brought us on Raw was more McMahons. Always the answer to any problem this company faces is more McMahons all the time. And so now... Patrick, I didn't know you got it as a gift. You and I both and everybody that watches Raw and SmackDown, we are now the authority. They told us. Yes. Now, unfortunately, this doesn't come with any kind of pay or any kind of benefits. No. But we are now the authority because the ratings had been down. And just like clockwork, I had thought he would show up weeks and weeks before. But Vince finally showed up. And his solution to solving everything was now it's me, Hunter, Stephanie, and Shane, who which is weird because he's been on SmackDown for like the past two years now. Right. Now he's part of the authority on Raw, even though we're the authority technically. But now the McMahons are in charge. Baron Corbin is no longer in charge of Raw. Paige is no longer in charge of SmackDown. Also, for some reason, they think one of the things that drove ratings down were automatic rematch clauses. So those have been thrown out. So now if you lose your belt, Patrick, tough shit. You're just not getting yeah. a rematch, which I have no idea why they came up with that the other solution was nxt call-ups so they're calling up some talent including ec3 they've been advertising lars sullivan for a while lacey evans who i mentioned to you has the gimmick of debbie from glow where she's miss america i almost feel like she's gonna end up like dana brooke i hate to make that comparison because they're just big blonde women but i just feel like she's gonna be lost in the shuffle nikki cross who was already on smackdown every once in a while And then the tag team Heavy Machinery, which there are so many underutilized tag teams on the rosters now. I don't know why you'd call up another one, because some of them can't get on TV. Up until this week, like, Sanity reappeared on SmackDown. Well, like, The Revival barely makes TV. Primo and Epico are out there somewhere. The Colognes are out there somewhere. The solution to everything is always more McMahons, and that's what they've come up with. So, I want to know how we're going to be in charge that's what I want to know like is it bullshit or is it actually going to be like they're going to watch social media and if enough people go out there and say hey no this is fucking bullshit then they're going to step in and say you know what you're right I want to know exactly they need to lay out and I'm serious they need to lay out a groundwork of what is acceptable for the fans to be able to tell them what they want well, and the idea, too, is that they use underutilized talent that people like Finn Balor who get beat week to week and never seem to win or someone like Apollo Cruz who is there but doesn't do anything. I think the idea is that all these underutilized talents and NXT call-ups, we're going to finally shift the spotlight to them. But I just don't have a very good feeling about following through on this idea. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think it'll end well. I like the idea. I like the concept. I like that they are now taking initiative. I, I don't think... I think they still don't get it. They're still in the back of their mind going to do what they want to do instead of saying, you know what? Maybe what we've been doing is the problem. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, when they were signed originally, when they were brought in with AJ, these were huge signings or whatever. Yeah. They didn't appear on SmackDown until this past week. They hadn't been on TV since August. Yeah. That is nuts. So SmackDown actually showed some of the changes that they wanted to implement as far as 
underutilized talent or people on the roster that just don't get a lot of TV time. But Raw didn't really show that much when uh, this was all announced. And now... I'm curious about Raw on Monday, Christmas Eve. This week they taped Raw and SmackDown, so we can go ahead and look ahead at the results. But And this will come out on Christmas. I'll be able to edit this before Christmas. So let's see. So we had Elias defeat Bobby Lashley, so that's more of the same. Uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated The Revival, so they got on TV, at least. So that's some... They've been on TV, but they lost again, so I don't know exactly... That's that's all great. Sasha, Bailey, and Ember Moon defeated Mickey James, Dana Brooke, and Alicia Fox. These six men and six women tag team matches, which one of which... We review on this week's uh, Raw from 2000, a six-man tag just to throw away. That shit has to stop. I just don't like random six-man, six-woman tags. But they did that again. Finn Balor defeated Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Holy shit, Finn got a win. He did. And, well, he also won at TLC, so he's been on a real winning streak lately. It's But they spent all this time working on Drew McIntyre. So this is one case where I'm like... I do want Finn Balor to win matches, but at the same time, you're shooting yourselves in the foot because you've been trying to build this monster in Drew McIntyre, and now he's losing. Yeah, I see. I do see your point. Ronda beat Natalia. Heath Slater beat Jinder Mahal. Rhino shows up as Santa and hits a gore on Jinder Mahal. So I guess he's not retired anymore. And then Seth Rollins. This is the this is the big change they wanted to make, right? No more Baron Corbin. Guess who was in the main event? Baron fucking Corbin against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins beats Baron Corbin with a curb stomp. So Raw didn't really change all that much. Now we can look at the SmackDown results for Christmas. The club beat Sanity and the Usos. Mustafa Ali, who's now been called, he's no longer part of 205. He's a permanent SmackDown roster member. So that's one good thing, is that they, they're bringing these guys up from the cruiserweight division that never get TV time at all. So Mustafa Ali beat Cien Almas, which is pretty crazy. Jeff Hardy beat Samoa Joe, so that's the end of the feud, I imagine. As Samoa Joe was calling him out for his drinking and substance abuse. Then Rusev, oh my goodness. We had a title change on Tuesday. Rusev defeats Shinsuke Nakamura to become the U.S. champion. So Christmas night. Christmas night, a match which nobody will see. So they'll have to remind us over and over how this happened. Nakamura hasn't even been on TV defending this belt. So I'm not seeing a lot of change in these first two editions. But these are holiday editions. So there's not a lot of thought being put into it anyway. But yeah, I, I'm not too hopeful about this. McMahon a mania. I don't think that's a solution to. Right. I think Vince realizes it, and I think Triple H realizes it. But I don't think that they know what they need to do to fix it. I I, I don't think that they they don't realize how to actually please the fans at this point in time. I don't know. Monday's Raw felt a lot like the reboot Nitro edition, except they didn't strip championships or go to that extreme, but it was the same sort of thing. It's like, oh, we've been doing this wrong, and we acknowledge we've been doing it wrong. We're going to change it. But then, based on these results, I don't see a lot of change. And then you call up more NXT call-ups, which, out of the bunch... And we talked about this right before we went on the air, but I think EC3 actually has the best chance. And you said you didn't think EC3 has much of a chance on the main roster. 
No, he's he's got a million dollar look, but a penny's worth of talent. Out of the singles competitors, I was gonna say Lars Sullivan. To me, I just think he's too ugly of a. Yeah, no, he won't last. I... Well, I I'm sorry, like I I don't want to because I'm. It's not like I'm like Brad Pitt or anything, but to me, like a like Vladimir Kozlov was an ugly, ugly man. And no matter <laughs> what he does, no matter who he beats, he's an ugly ass man. Yeah, no matter what you do, you can't change his face and i don't want to look at this man's face and i don't it's not even a heat getting face it's just an ugly face Lars sullivan just looks bizarre to me yes sure he's six whatever and he's a monster but to me i think he's going to be in the main event picture for three months and then he's going to be comedy mid-card and that's the end of it because you ever seen the movie trilogy wrong turn no it's a, bunch of, it's a bunch of hillbilly, backwoods, inbred people. It's a horror movie. He looks a lot like them. I almost think someone like that needs, like, face paint or something to, yeah. to help Or a mask. Out. I mean, it worked great for Kane. Well, Kane's not even that... No. Kane's not a bad-looking individual, but, I mean, Lars really... Yeah. So, uh, I personally, out of the call-ups that they have announced, I think Nikki Cross will be the the standout. Yeah, I agree. But she had already been on SmackDown some before, so it wasn't like this big groundbreaking thing. I'm just very thankful that like Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Undisputed Era, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, all these great prospects they have did not get called up because this is just not... It's not, not the time. It's not the time, and I don't know when the time is because they have a terrible track record with NXT call-ups. Earlier, we couldn't even remember Ty Dillinger's name. We just remembered the 10. He held up 10 fingers. Yeah. I can't think of an NXT call-up success story from the past. All those S.H.I.E.L.D. guys were in FCW before NXT, so I can't think of anybody since... I guess the Wyatt family at first had a lot behind them, but then... After a couple of years, that was a popcorn fart. Yeah, and he still hasn't been on TV since the Matt Hardy breakup. And talented guy could read that scripted shit and give it some legs, but no, nope, no time for you. Do you think that now that the change is going to happen, they're going to do away with scripted stuff? Oh no, not a chance. So you think? I mean, that's that's their number one problem right there. That really, that's their number one problem right there. Is you could be a terrible wrestler, but if you can talk asses into seats, and you can talk like Muhammad Ali or Ric Flair and talk people into Well, it. Elias gets a lot of mileage out of talking, and he's a terrible wrestler. So And it's, and it's worked for him. Yeah. But you've got a guy like Bobby Lashley who flexes his butt cheeks. That's what you got for him. I don't even think he flexes a meme or he just bends over and like double spanks himself. Like yeah, I don't I don't get it. Anyway. Showing off the glutes. I hope it turns into something I don't I don't know. I'm not too optimistic. Um, I don't know. Impact Wrestling, you were right, Pop T V done with Impact Wrestling. They will have one show after the new year before their pay per view, but then they will move to the Pursuit Channel. Which I have no earthly idea where this is. It's partly owned by their parent company, Anthem, which owns the Fight Network in Canada. And they have a ownership stake in Pursuit. Now, I have no idea where to find Pursuit in this area or any area. 
So we'll see how this plays out, but they've survived again, Patrick. They've made it another year in the books. Are they getting money for this for this deal? I would it... assume not really because it's probably going to be the same deal. Yes, because I mean, they were only drawing maybe 100,000 viewers a week and uh the quote here from this story from WrestleZone is Impact realizes the move to Pursuit will see them lose a portion of their former viewership. Well, you can't lose much more. <laughs> you can't have negative viewers. Some in the company are spinning this as a positive. Others are not happy, feeling it's another step downward in prestige. They're working on potential ways for the Impact Weekly series to be seen on digital platforms, but nothing has been worked out of this writing. They did make it another year though, Patrick, so I gotta applaud them for that, but every we do the story almost every month about it's the end, but their parent company, Anthem, lost the Canadian UFC deal for the Fight Network. They were getting some of the the UFC stuff. They lost the UFC to TSN, so now their parent company doesn't even have a main source, a big source of revenue, or a big product to put on, so... Not looking good for Impact Wrestling. They have some talented performers, but don't know how much longer this is going to go on for. You know what? Should have sold that tape library. You know what is looking good for for a new company? What's that? Wow Wrestling. W-O-W. It is a... It's been out there for a while. It has worked. It has been very the- successful. To the point now that they will be with New Japan Pro Wrestling as the second wrestling show on Access TV. That's right. The Los Angeles Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, Mark Burnett, who's a very famous TV producer, and then David McLean, who you might remember from Super Clash 88, who originated Glow, the original one, in the 80s. They're bringing WOW Women of Wrestling to Access TV... We'll have to see what what goes on there. They're going to start recording in Los Angeles in 2019, and they still don't have ticket sales, dates, or venues, but they do have a TV deal, so they do have that going for them. It's going to be a nice pairing to be on Axis TV with New Japan, because New Japan doesn't have any women wrestlers. So Right. You're getting both of you know the talent right there, and... WOW has been around for quite a while, and a lot of my my friends work for WOW, and I I just think it's a very good show. It's not so scripted and kiddish like GLOW was. It's actually more of the new age women's revolution wrestling, and so I think it's going to be a great step in the right direction for that company. Uh, the likes of Tessa Blanchard has been through there. Kira Hogan works for him, who's a great close friend of mine. And, I mean, just the list goes on and on with people that work on a weekly basis with them as well as working for other companies. And so I think it, it it's huge. It's huge for an all-women's cast show to get booked on a global television station if you can make stories make sense which is something the wwe has really struggled with as of late then get on tv i want to see it because yeah it's been really bad on wwe and you said you didn't watch much of tlc i watched some of it i just wanted to officially 
the the end of 2018, I want to officially say goodbye to my fandom of Dean Ambrose. I am done with this guy. I used to love this guy when The Shield was originally a trio. I thought he was going to be the breakout star. I did too. And when they actually turned, when Seth was the first to turn and do, I thought that should have been Dean. But Dean has consistently, every time he is in with top tier talent, has put on terrible performances. And on that Austin podcast a couple years ago, it was coming off that Brock Lesnar match he had at WrestleMania, which was a snooze fest. Austin flat out said, I, I think you're lazy, or whatever. And at the time, I was like, no, Austin, you, you must not watch this product. Very, He was onto something. Because every single time the spotlight is on Dean Ambrose in a major match with a top-tier talent. He's When we saw him at WrestleMania 33 against Baron Corbin, I gave him the benefit of the doubt again. I gave him so many benefits of the doubts because every time it was against, okay, Brock Lesnar, maybe Brock didn't want to work that day. Okay, I understand that. Baron Corbin, he's fucking awful. That place, you could hear a pin drop in Camping World Stadium. Okay, I understand that. But when you get matches with Roman, AJ, Seth Rollins, he had a match with the best performer on the roster this year, and we're not doing a best of show this year, but on the WWE main roster, no one has put on better shows in his matches against anybody, even against Dolph Ziggler, who puts me to sleep most of the time, and Seth Rollins was paired with that fucker every other week, it seemed like, on TV. Seth Rollins was doing amazing this year, and they had a snooze fest at TLC. The crowd started chanting, this is boring. This was a blood feud, Patrick, and I swear to you, there were parts of the match when Seth is, like, on his knee waiting for some offense from Dean. Dean's just standing around, just staring. Doesn't know anything. Doesn't, Doesn't seem to understand... The gravity of this feud doesn't seem to understand the gravity of pro wrestling in general. Now that he's a heel, I didn't think he had a great move set as a face. Now that he's a heel, he's cut out some of that, so it's even worse. And so I'm just, I'm finally, I'm finally off the Dean Ambrose bandwagon. And I thought that that chronicle they did of him on the network was fantastic. It did more to set up this storyline than anything else and his recovery from his injury and all that and I was hyped I was ready to see this guy back in action but once again he fucking shit the bed and he shits the bed constantly he won when they originally had the brand split you know Seth beat Roman and then he comes in cashes his money in the bank I was hyped and he was the number one draft pick on Smackdown when they broke up the rosters or whatever what a waste of a pick. I'm just done with this guy, and I hate to say it because I thought he had all the potential in the world, but I think he has potential. I just think he phones it in. I just think he phones it in, and it was my one takeaway, really, from TLC. I thought the rest of the card was, okay, the women's TLC match was outstanding. Asuka, Charlotte, Becky Lynch had a great match. Uh, Ronda came in, did her interference, setting up. Possibly a triple threat for WrestleMania, or possibly a, a Rumble match with Charlotte or Becky, and then the other one. And thought that was excellent. Closed the show. It had, it didn't have insane spots, but it was, it felt good. It was a great match. But boy, this is fucking Dean Ambrose this year. <laughs> I am. He might be my most hated wrestler this year because of how disappointing he's been since he's come back. I'm not gonna call him my worst wrestler of the year, but I 
just can't. I'm almost just shocked that. And he's a guy that's featured weekly, and you have a guy like Samoa Joe who over delivers in the worst situations. He's given shit, and he's told to go out and lose, and he over delivers, but he's not featured week to week. You have Dean Ambrose who doesn't even have to wrestle week to week, and when he gets on and he gets top tier opponents, mm-hmm. and he just he snoozes right through it. So. That Austin podcast, he was 100% right. I wish they still did some of those on the network so I could sit there and say, yep, he's right. But he's actually suspending his own pot. He's not going to do his uh, podcast for the foreseeable future. Really? I read a statistic not too long ago that most, if you search on iTunes for podcasts, at least half of them are no longer active. And I think this happens a lot with uh, pro wrestlers like Steve Austin and stuff because... They know that they can just go do an autograph signing or do whatever and make X amount of dollars instead of doing this and making, you know, minimal amount of money. So he's suspending his podcast for a while. And he hasn't been on the network in a really long time. But, yeah, Dean Ambrose. He hasn't been on a show in forever. since Raw 25 was the last time we saw him. Uh, So, yeah, I just wanted to take a minute to shit on Dean Ambrose. I don't know why. Like, I, just... I, I still like Dean. I'm still going to fight for Dean, but uh, I personally... Now, his work ethic, I hadn't really paid that close attention to, but I, I kind of like this new Dean. I know you don't particularly like... Don't particularly like the uh, the Bane character and all this, but I like this. He's kind of more edgy. He's kind of more attitude-ish. He's kind of more, you know what, fuck it, I don't care. He's 100% behind that gimmick, because in the ring, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't seem to care at all. So, so I'm, I mean, I'm I'm into it, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see what comes from it. Wanted to mention again, go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code RETROWRESTLING, you can get a free month. I got to show my girlfriend some of uh, Tournament of Death 9 the other day. Did she you was, know? Uh, not too big of a fan of light tube matches. Turns out they are pretty brutal. Power Slam TV. Is there a way in which you can get the app on your phone? Is there a way in which you can get the app in in different ways? Oh yes, Power Slam. You can get it on your phone. You can then cast it to your television, which is what I do. It's also on Roku. It's on various uh, streaming boxes. But Power Slam TV. You can get a free month if you use the code Retro Wrestling. In the future, we will use it as a resource to go and look up some old I haven't decided what to watch yet because there is a lot of you were showing me last week there is so much stuff on there it's crazy yeah there's over 4,000 hours of content and I don't really even know where to begin but I did start with CZW because I'm a glutton for punishment I guess and (laughs) I showed her like Tournament of Death 9 where that guy gets the flower things like planted in his head that I showed you like it just makes finding that stuff a lot easier because before this, like you had to go to, you had to find it on like Daily Motion or if you even could find it, or and, YouTube or something like that. Yeah, and this makes it a lot easier to find because it's all in one spot, and you get the whole show too. You're not just digging for a match here and a match there, right? Too. And one thing I love too is like the original entrance themes are on there. They don't dub anything over, so like if someone comes out to a song that probably they shouldn't have, yeah, yeah, they, it's fine. It's it comes out so. Yeah, you can go there. You'll probably see a tweet or a Facebook post about powerslam.tv as it is a new streaming service. And it is Christmas, and last week I 
gave you your Christmas presents, Patrick. Yes. So, so now it's my turn. It is your turn. But now I, I feel guilty because you actually, you hand-wrapped each and every one of well, these items. I, I have a, a, a talent in, in wrapping gifts, and so I wrapped you some nice gifts. But I, I'm curious. I want you to open them and let me know what you think. Okay, now is there a certain order you would like me to go in? D- I doesn't care. Okay, I'll start with this camouflage one, even though it, I can't see it. Oh, so. it's camo, so you're not supposed to be able to see it. It's like John Cena. You can't see me, but, you know. Start with this. Oh, wow, it's a Christmas-themed item. Oh, it's a glass moose mug from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. A wonderful Wally from Wally World, of course. A keepsake, thank you. Hand wash only, though, so yeah. uh, this is going to be for special occasions. Do you like eggnog? Do you partake I do in like the eggnog? eggnog. Oh, I do. okay. We were curious about that earlier. We had a discussion about whether you would. I I said no, so I do. Like I'm very eggnog. surprised, but thank you. Uh, Christmas Vacation, my favorite Christmas movie, actually. By the way, I love. Clark Griswold, Uncle Eddie, Shitter's yes. Full, Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic film. At my other job, we had a fantasy draft about Christmas movies, and I wasn't able to pick this one because someone else had the first pick, but this would have been my first pick. I love pretty much all the vacation movies. I'd say European Vacation is my least favorite of the well, bunch, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the rest of them are, are excellent. And... Chevy Chase gets a bad reputation for being a dick or whatever, but he's fucking hilarious when he's in these things. He like, is, and I think he's on his A game all the time. So yeah, yeah. These were. Did you see the remake of the original Vacation? That I have they not. Did a few no. years ago with like Ed Helms. It, no, it was it was okay. Was he, it? He's in okay. it for a second, but thank you. That is a beautiful glass. I'll use it all year round. I mean, I always want to drink from a moose's head. Well, exactly. Yeah. Okay, now this next one is this next one is in wrapping paper that's very special to us because it's a monster truck. Yes, and this was we went to the last ever event at the Georgia Dome. Yes, uh, which was a monster truck rally. Yes, they had to reschedule it because that was the year the Falcons were in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs this year, but we went to the monster truck rally, and despite it being the stadium's about to be blown up. And yeah. for and you would think oh they're just gonna give out the concession stand stuff for free you you got like a free hot dog or so you got a foot long for the price of a regular yeah hot, yeah wow what a deal but it, it's just it was sad to me that they weren't give like here, what do you want a seat do you want yeah the scoreboard here we don't need it anymore because they right. blew it up unfortunately a Marta bus covered up the implosion so able to missed, see it missed a lot of it. But I will now open this one. Santa's other sleigh is a truck. Yeah. Okay. This is not not doing too good with this one. Oh, look at this. This looks familiar. It's WWE Steel Cage Challenge. Now, this box is bigger than my box yes, that I gave yes. you. Yes, this, it's the... It's more of the the giant stand up vintage That's odd box that, that you they can, made two different boxes. Yeah, that you can you can actually show, and it stands out more. But uh, so yeah, yeah. So what this was last week, as I ripped my headphones off. 
If you didn't listen last week, which a lot of you didn't, shame on you. We haven't gotten good numbers for last week. I don't know why. We did great numbers for that episode of Nitro. I don't know what it was about that Nitro where Ray got thrown into the truck. But last Everybody week, loves that, that Nitro. It is. I think they'd rather listen to a review than actually watch it, though, because of the 30 minutes they spend backstage. So, so what this is, is the NES game, WrestleMania Cage Match Steel Cage Challenge, uh, came out 26 years ago, and for whatever reason, with the success of like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, all these uh, companies are trying to get in on the action, and so they're all making these little portable... Plug and plays. Yeah, plug and plays is what they're called. All it is is a joystick with two buttons, but you plug it right into your AV outlet on your TV. It plays one game in this case, and it's Steel Cage Challenge. And this is when this was published when Hogan was still in the house with the company, so he's been replaced with the Ultimate Warrior, as well as Razor Ramon replaces the Mountie for some yes. reason. And yes, you used. Three AA batteries. Have you tried yours out? Does it I work? I have not. I'm still okay, half well, tempted about... Even opening it? Yeah, exactly. It's a very odd item. It's... It's a unique gift. It's... Uh, yeah, it's a unique wrestling item that you're... You're torn between whether or not to actually open it and enjoy it, or to, to leave it on the shelf and admire at its weird uniqueness. I prefer, I do prefer these though. They've come out with these little mini arcade machines that are like uh, the size of like a can. Yeah. And I think those are so weird because they don't have an AV out to your TV. So you're supposed to play Pac Man on a screen the size of your palm. Yeah. I, I don't really get those. Yeah, I don't either. They've also recently come out in Walmart. They have these little four feet arcades. If they were five feet, I would be in on that probably, but they're little, so if you want one, you have to like put it, prop it up to be. To well, and they're two hundred bucks. Yeah, they're two hundred. Some bucks. of them have four games built in. Some of them only have two games built in. Some of them even only have one game built in. I'm sorry, if I'm spending two hundred bucks on an arcade, I want a fucking arcade that has all these different games built into it, multiple, not just like three or four. Yeah, I've looked into buying actual arcade machines in the past and the problem I always run into when it comes down to it is like if they break I have no idea how to fix it and we'll see we have an arcade repair guy here in Chattanooga so that's always cool you mean like Chattanooga pinball or whatever yeah they'll come into your home and fix the the Legends of Wrestlemania pinball machine I still really that I would love to get that arcade pinball machine at the Chattanooga Choo Choo, they have like a WrestleMania 30 pinball machine or something. They're, I would love a pinball machine, but again, that's another thing too where that can break more often than, than the arcade machine because it's got all those little bumpers and stuff. Working and, parts, yeah. Yeah. So, But yeah, Steel Cage Challenge, a very odd thing too because, like I said, it was an NES game and it comes with a joystick like... The NES controller, no joystick. Just well, a, see, and it came out on the old uh, brick Game Boy, and that's what I had it for. So, but yeah. Now, do you escape the cage, or do you have to pin in the cage? Do you recall? I believe it's only pin. However, you can throw them into the cage. You can Irish whip them into the cage. And finally, I go to the big bag... 
You got me three things. I only got you two. It's so fine. It's fine. Yeah. Don't feel bad because this was just one that I came across and got you and me one. It's very unique. It's very oh, weird. Oh, my goodness. But it is very cool. Oh, this is awesome. This is my... Out of the three, Patrick, I think this might be my favorite because... It is It is cool. Because the company, WWE, once again, teases us with the idea of Sting and Undertaker. So they give us the 90s Surfer Sting, complete with surfboard, against Undertaker, complete with Tombstone, but it's old, red-headed Undertaker with his eye makeup. And Greg, then, Greg loves... Yeah, this is... I didn't know this existed. It's literally is, just come out. This is fantastic. Oh, he's got a shovel as well, so he's got two weapons against... Well, Sting being the babyface would be at the disadvantage with his surfboard. But then there's a chair in the middle, so I imagine that's what the race would be to, is who can get to the chair first, but... What? The shovel is very dangerous. It's got spikes on yeah, the side like of it. Point. It's all purple and shit. This is beautiful. It's it's a badass set. It really is a cool set. And so oh, and I love the pictures on the back. Yeah. Oh, Mark Calloway from '91 versus Sting from '90. Oh, if only it, if only they had delivered on this and in, in the '90s. Me. In the '90s. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, they had mean Mark Callis. They they could have. Uh, they just fucking blew it well uh bill watts oh this <laughs> this guy's tall and he doesn't speak we don't have anything for him you're fired they found something for him in the wwe and it turned out to be the biggest thing that they've ever found <laughs> still going today yeah. i mean do you think this will be his final wrestlemania this i think i'm gonna say it. I, even though we say it every year no i do think this is it no you say no no it will. He will. I really think they're going to do Taker and Sean. Sean will retire Taker. Well, now in that instance, yes. But if it's anybody else other than Sean, no. I feel like he will just go and go and go until, unfortunately, he either a can't go anymore, or b unfortunately passes away. There will be he. I don't know. Uh, and this is the gray gloved Undertaker with the hat, and we've got Sting in his white. Uh, with the blue face paint. Oh, this is this is just fantastic. I just I can't get over the quality of these uh, action figures. Oh now. man, like, dude! When you think back to the ones we had as kids, yeah, like oh yeah, like, you point to uh, uh, Robert Earl Eaton there and uh, William Regal. Uh, not exactly to the T uh, representations of those two gentlemen. And but, they're just giant. Bend- yeah, they're giant rubber statues that's all they are compared to what action figures look like now that are so detailed and face screening and all I that. mean they even went to the trouble of putting tattoos on Undertaker and stuff like that yeah. and well Sting Sting got the benefit of the doubt cuz he is jacked here I mean look at this Oh brother, yeah man. he's got he's he's got a fucking 12 pack going He's got <laughs> he's got abs on the side of his body that I <laughs> Don't think are possible. <laughs> Even his arms have like are ripped. Yeah, yeah, like he must have said, "Yeah, I'll do this action figure, but I want a few things modified here." Uh, so yeah, this is this is fantastic. You always find the best action figures. I know I gave you a Virgil action figure, but uh, for the most part, you have always been the king of finding these amazing action figures. So 
Thank you so much. Like, one of my prized possessions are, are my collection of action figures, and I look at them all, and I'm like, yeah, Patrick got me all of those. <laughs> so, uh... We have them here in the, the room that we record in when we're not at the radio station, so... That's right. This is Studio... Studio B. Studio B here. Uh, last week, well, two weeks ago, man, you can really tell the difference when we're not in the radio studio, because they use thousand dollar microphones with processors they've got carpeted walls so yeah we're in we're in studio b which is my basement but yeah we've i've got the shrine to all the uh, action figures and i've got a couple of flags i've got a nitro flag and a horseman flag i've got upstairs a wrestlemania and a raw flag that i still have yet to to hang up the coolest thing that i never remembered as a kid was the wcw comic books it's very strange. It well, is, because on the front of it, it's not a comic book picture. It's right. just a picture of Cactus Jack. But they did multiple ones, and so it, it's a unique item. But yeah, no, they are the action figures have just gotten ridiculously detailed, and just they're so they're doing so much cool stuff with them nowadays. And so yeah, I came across that. And I got you one and me one because I was... But see, the thing is, they're too good to open. Even if I was a kid, I wouldn't want to open them because they're too good. Yeah, they're perfect. But they, like, this tombstone is designed to break away when he smashes it over his head. It snaps together and breaks off. Yeah, Yeah, like, yeah, these are too fancy to play with. That's That's what we've gotten to. They need to make a line of just shitty ones that you don't mind throwing at each other because... My action figures as a kid, like, I had the Power Rangers fighting the Ninja Turtles all the time because they were just shitty and they just, whatever, like, doesn't matter, but, like, the level of detail here, like, I would be devastated if I, like, lost his hat or his shovel, like, yeah, I mean, his surfboard, Sting's surfboard's gonna be easy to find. What's odd about, they always call him Surfer Sting or whatever, I don't ever actually recall him coming out with a surfboard. Never. Did he ever come out with a surfboard? Never. Okay, just checking. Never. Unless it was like a beach blast or a They might have had one beside... Or a bash at the beach that had one beside it with actually his name or his, you know, the scorpion on it. Kind of like that action figure set. But no, never. He never come out with one. Because it'd be kind of awkward because it's not like you have a wave to ride in on and you just have this giant surfboard. And he's a face so he can't smack you with it. Right. Yeah, thank you. This is... Yeah, I just... I. Especially Undertaker's, the detail on him is just it's, phenomenal. It's unreal, man. And the new Stings that they're coming out with, the old retro Sting figures that they've just recently started doing are are out of this world ridiculously detailed. And so, and unfortunately, the only time we can make this match happen is on the video game. That's true. That is very true. But it, thank you it so may, much. It may happen. It may. It could still happen. If that was his final match, I would be satisfied with that as well. Even at six... I don't care if they're 60 years old, Patrick. I don't if care. If we could get that one match. If they would clear Sting to do that one match, just that one. He doesn't even have to take a bump. No. Well, I mean, he'd have to take a bump because he's going to lose. <laughs> I mean, he's going to take a fucking tombstone. Yeah. But, I mean, still, it, that... It's not like he's going to be taking turnbuckle power bombs or any of that shit. It's a safe match. That they right. actually could do. Right. We saw with Taker last year that the new version of a Taker match is just do the greatest Hit hits and go home. and go. Yeah. 
And they can do that. Sting hits a scorpion splash, a scorpion death lock, and then Taker reverses out of it, hits a hits a tombstone, one, two, three, the place goes absolutely batshit crazy. They went five minutes. And it happened. Yeah. Just to say it happened. Yeah, yeah. You can't ever say we didn't deliver on right. it. Right, yeah. Like we talk about with bringing in the part-timers or whatever, when you have a part-timer taking on a part-timer, who cares? Like, it doesn't... But I would be really pissed if they did it, though, if I wasn't there. Because, you know, because it's in New York this year. I'm not going there. But it would be one of those matches they announced three weeks before. And you're oh, yeah. just shit out of luck. There's no... Yeah, I would definitely be like Foley and just whatever I had to do. Hitchhike if I need be, whatever. Skip out of plans, whatever. I'm not missing that match. And I will pay the most ridiculous price just to get the final seat in that arena to be able to witness that match live. Yeah, I mean, the two franchises. I mean, it just never... That's 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 Rock and Hogan. That's really, that's what it is. That's the only legendary rivalry match that we will ever get to see still because you're not going to see Hogan step back in the ring again. So Hogan and Austin is gone. I mean, I guess the closest you could do today is like, if Kenny Omega fought Seth Rollins, but even that doesn't have the luster because they're not two, they're not two characters. You know, they're not two like cartoons. Right. These are two like superheroes. Yeah. These two are this. That's this true. is Superman taking on like Wolverine or something like that. Yeah. As soon as we're done, I'm gonna we're gonna go play 2K19 and we're gonna play Sting and oh, Undertaker. Oh, we're gonna do this. Yeah, we'll do this match. <laughs> fucking lutely. Well, and you've got to show me all that stuff on Community Creations. That Holy cr- Okay, out. first of all, throw this out there. These guys, kudos to you for taking the time for all of us idiots that aren't capable of doing it. They have these their PlayStations or Xboxes hooked up to like computers, and they're digitally screening faces. They're digitally screening graphic images. And creating these guys, like I got an Owen Hart yesterday that is spot on identical. I swear to God, it looks like WWE made him and put him in there finally. Like it is perfect T. Awesome. When they go through the move set, move by move, move by it move, it takes so long to do these something guys, like yeah, that. Yeah, these guys are putting three and four hours into creating just, and then one they let point. other people have it. Yeah, too. and that's so cool, man. That they're they let other people benefit from that and i think it's awesome and kudos to each and every one of you and i've said it time and time again if you are one person that does that and you listen to us man give us whoever you've done give us your your creation name do whatever you can we will get your name out there we will make sure you get any any and all credit for actually putting in the effort because man it is seriously kudos to every single one of you guys that really go over and beyond for the rest of the the wwe universe (laughs) (laughs) to to be able to enjoy that kind of stuff man because the kenny omegas and the great mudas and the you know the laparkas that are on there and the older stuff like the Magnum TAs and and all that, just the Arn Andersons and the Freebirds, they're just they're getting so freaking awesome. So yeah, man. This is our Christmas episode, so 
I encourage you to pick a Christmas uh, themed thing for us this week. And you, I did. You decided to pick, sadly, the final time a WWE camera came to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Now, this we were on a good string of televised events. We had a pay-per-view in 97, we had a Raw in 98, a Raw in 99, and sadly, this is it. We had Halloween Havoc, too. Yeah, we had a Halloween Havoc in the early 90s. We had Thunder in 99, Nitros in 96. During the Monday Night Wars, we were part of the war. We, we were, were a we hit were a stop. We were a hit stop. Yeah, that's very true. Because we're so close to Atlanta that both both companies wanted to to battle in in that backyard per se. Well, and I imagine the rent was pretty cheap as well, too. So, so you picked Raw from 2000 on Christmas Day, which was taped on December 22nd. So it was taped on a Friday night, but it's, here from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's not, it's not taped. It's live from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's Monday Night Raw. Well, it was live on tape. It was... Uh, <laughs> taped after the SmackDown. This is coming off the uh, Armageddon 2000 pay-per-view, which we've already reviewed, which happened December 10th, which featured the six-man Hell in a Cell, where Kurt Angle retained his belt as he was a placeholder champion. No one really took him seriously. He was just sort of stone-cold head, taken a lot of 2000 off due to injuries, so you knew as a wrestling fan, as soon as this guy was back, that he was going to be in the mix. And I think everybody pretty much knew that it was going to be Rock and Austin at WrestleMania again. I mean, these two guys were the biggest stars. We're heading into the Astrodome. We're heading into... X7. X7. We're heading into culmination of Superdomes again for WrestleMania. Because up till... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even WrestleMania 2000, not in a big no, arena. No, like, I think WrestleMania 8 was the last one. That was in a, an actual big stadium type venue, and then they. So I mean, we're going into a, a ten year lag of we're going to try to fill an entire stadium again. So we're heading into here in three months into the Reliant Astrodome for X Seven, which is without a doubt one of the best WrestleManias from start to finish ever done. Right now, unfortunately, this Raw doesn't play into that and it doesn't play into the royal rumble which is a little over a month away it's a christmas episode so you don't want to do any major storyline you know advancement on christmas because no one's going to be watching on christmas day but for the competitors you got to see i think it the fans were treated to a a decent oh it was a run in the mill i wouldn't say it was like an outstanding memorable episode but it was totally passable Better than what we get today on oh, a week Oh, fuck yeah. You, I mean, you got Rock, you got Austin, you got Taker, you got Kane. The list goes on The and entire on. Kurt Angle family. Yeah. The entire Kurt Angle family. We got Cat. We got... I love the Cat segment, by the way. Well, you and her husband at the time, Jerry Lawler, did as well. But, so. I mean, we, we got APA, Right to Censor. We got the Dudleys and Y2J. Y2J sort of making a a hometown return of sorts of where oh, his from career Smoky Mountain from yeah. where his career started in Smoky Mountain. Uh, she got TNA. The only thing missing was Trish Connor. Stratus. Well, I was gonna say Triple H and Trish Stratus. 
Triple H doesn't like us, man. He no-showed this Raw, and he no-showed that house show we went to where Jeff Hardy had to then headline. After this Raw, I do remember one time they did advertise a SmackDown was coming to town, but then they ended up canceling it. It was like 2003 or 2004. Yeah, and that was... That was the last time it's even been floated. Even the, they had a house show coming up either next month or in February. They even ran an ad during Raw because I saw it. And yeah. uh, Brenton let me know about it, too, after I saw I was aware of it. They've moved that to September. So they they don't even want to do house shows here anymore. So not- they're, doing a, uh, they're doing a Raw in, the, in Atlanta. And uh, so I consider I'm assuming that's going to be the closest to us for a TV taping now instead of unless you want to go to Nashville. Because I don't even think they do Knoxville anymore for TV tapings, do they? Yeah, I don't even think they run the UTK arena. Thompson Bowling. They don't even do Thompson Bowling anymore. So they don't even go to 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 Knoxville at all, probably. No, no. They. This goes back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where. I just get the feeling Vince doesn't really like the South in general. Old WCW hangover. Now, right. So this takes place. WCW is about to go out of business. So uh, they really didn't have to put on. I wouldn't have even sent Austin out there. I wouldn't have even booked my top talent for this show. Because I think Nitro was doing a best of on Christmas. And they're about to go out of business anyway. So fuck them. Like, like literally about to go out of business. Yeah. Three months later. They, the agreement the- was being settled for the last two months. This was still... Well, Fusion Media, Bischoff still thought he was going to buy this company. But, um, yeah, they were in the shits. And I think... Oh, guess what? They didn't even run a show. Really? Preempted due to Christmas. So... Patrick, they didn't have an episode until January 8th, 2001. So Raw was totally unopposed for two weeks here. Like... <laughs> so, the fact that they even sent Austin to... Ch- well, like I said, Austin's still pretty relatively new from injury. I'm sure he still wanted some ring time or whatever, but yeah. I wouldn't have even risked it. Like, just save those knees, pal. Well, it's funny because you saw... If you have seen Royal Rumble 2001, and you remember the last few minutes in regards to the final two in the rumble the same exact moves and the same exact timing sequences were being done to finish the rumble Austin won that rumble right yeah and it was and it was and it was Taker no it was Kane so, oh, can't, oh, right, he was. So if you go back, I, I am challenging fans to do this. You so it's up. like they practiced the end of they the Rumble. They practiced the whole fucking ending of the Rumble in that match. There is a four-minute block of that match that I swear, if you put a TV side-by-side and ran them together, it's the identical, like, they timed that shit out to a T in each spot of the ring and everything. Kane had a great rumble uh, up until being eliminated. Like you could almost buy that he might be able to win. He this thing. he eliminated like twelve or thirteen people. Yeah, like he was really. Yeah, so this was heading into the rumble, but the rumble was a little over a month away. Twenty seventh, January twenty first, so 21st. a little less than a month away. But if you watch this raw, you would have no idea the build going into the rumble because no one was paired with their rumble dance partner basically yeah no one and the only mention of the rumble 
was the Rumble Rewind and right. and yes. the fact that it was announced King announced it basically that Kane and Undertaker were going to be in in the Royal Rumble match. And so Jack dared on New Year's Eve Eve the 30th. So this is what we missed. Ross McCullough defeated Flex in a dark match. S.A. Rio, still on the roster at this point, defeated Seven. Not Goldust, but Kevin Thorne. Kevin Thorne was called Seven for some reason. Then the jacked man card was Crash, taking on Takamishinoku. He defeated him in 433. Lowdown, Chaz and D'Lo took out Chris Michaels and Jason Lee in 233. K-Quick, which is why he's on the Raw card tonight, while he's backstage, defeated Slash. Do you remember Slash? That is Wolfie D. Wolfie D from From PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, oh man. Wolfie D still having tryouts in 2000. And then the main event of the final aired match, the final televised match from Chattanooga, Tennessee, was Perry Saturn... Defeating Derek King in 425. And this was what now? Jacked. What is jacked? Jacked was what Shotgun Saturday Night evolved to. That's what it evolved into. Okay. I was not aware of that. I believe so. Yeah, this was the... So it was before like Velocity or whatever. Jacked and Velocity were like, I think, sort of the same. I think. Okay. But, yeah, that's... That's what happened on Jacked. We missed all of that great action. So now we go to Christmas Raw from Chattanooga now. We have a celebrity sighting. We do? By the way, we do. You'll have to mention it when it comes up. We get the Thorn in My Eye song as we're about to transition to uh, the Union Underground next year. So this is one of the last airings of the, uh, the Thorn in My Eye. And then... Something that doesn't exist today, Pyro, as they had uh, lots of explosions, the missiles. The ground Raw. the ground was rumbling at the UTC McKenzie Arena. Raw was still war. By the way, it's still, the UTC Arena was packed for this thing. Dude, the man, they were hanging from the rafters, and I am not making that up. If you've ever been in the nosebleed section of that, it is steep as a motherfucker. It's scary to it's walk scary. down the steps. It is, it is, and you really are like up in the rafters, and... and they were crammed full, even up in there. Well, and I think what's weird about it, too, is that too much fucking concrete. Everything up there is concrete. That's the, why it doesn't look so good on TV. Everything That is entire concrete. thing is built concrete. Like, there's no... It looks hideous, and it looks dangerous. And yeah, those steps are so steep up there, like... Man, and there's not but this tiny little yeah. railing to stop you. I'm surprised but. someone hasn't fallen and, like, died or been seriously injured from yeah, this arena. that's true. That is very true. But I love the arena. I hope we keep the arena. There was talks. I think it's on the way out. There, there was talks about it. I, I Well, it's 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 just too big for our basketball team. And it's, it's so massive. And it, and they didn't do a lot of they didn't do the upgrades that stadiums today have, like the LED boards that go around. This year, it took them until twenty eighteen, Patrick, they finally now have a video scoreboard. They didn't even have a video scoreboard over the middle really? until this year. That's how long it took. So, 
modern upgrades to the stadium just never took place. It's concrete. It just looks... Which, I mean, is really good, though, believe it or not, because that's sturdy as hell. Building-wise, but aesthetically, when you look at it, it just doesn't look very pleasing right. to the eye. Those those metal steps, like, anytime we watch TV from the arena, I can tell it's the arena, because those, those steps are just so... Oh, yeah, there's not another arena that looks like no. it on TV. <laughs> no, not, not even close. <laughs> that like... blue and gold on the walls and concrete steps... And you even backstage, like, yeah. oh, just, it's just barren. The blue walls, like, when you see later on, when you see Taker coming down the stairs, and you're like, fuck it, I've been right there where he's standing, you know. J.R. and King welcome us to the show. No mention of the town they're in. They'd be forced to because the heels promo at the beginning, they mentioned Chattanooga, and then they, they would incorporate it later on in the night. But nowadays, when they go to cities they're not proud of, they don't say the name that's the really? big yeah when they go to like boise or somewhere like when they go out into the midwest and they don't like the town they're in they won't say the name when we were at camping world stadium they didn't like the name camping world stadium so they would just say we're here in orlando they really? wouldn't say the place they're in like if the stadium has a bad name or if they're embarrassed about the town they're in they won't say it so glad they said chattanooga here tonight. yeah so that was nice thanks guys even though you haven't been back 18 years. Uh, Kane and Austin tonight will be in the main event, which is not true because they're not in the main event. They get to go home halfway through uh, the show. They go home three matches in. Stephanie McMahon, man, she was looking good here in 2000. (laughs) She She looked great, yeah. This was not the curly hair. Stephanie McMahon that we would get in the And it wasn't all, like, faked up. Yeah, no, she just looked like a normal young lady. She... And was looking. She was looking very attractive. She's out in her Christmas hat and her red tank top. Stephanie says Vince is at a soup kitchen tonight, not in Chattanooga though, in Greenwich, Connecticut. Like fuck you, Chattanooga. Well, he was arrested here at one of the Raws in Chattanooga, he was. so uh, had some bad memories of the UTC police taking him out in handcuffs. So maybe that's why he didn't want to come in town tonight. Also because it's Christmas and fuck you, Chattanooga. That's what I took from it. She baked a fruitcake for her mom. Get it? Because her mom is in a vegetative state. She is a fruitcake, fruit yes. Yeah. Uh, as she's in a coma from Vince cheating on her with Trish. Which, for some reason in this episode, Stephanie was shocked that... It wasn't... It Up till now, it had not been said who he was having an affair with. Oh, that's why it was on the phone, so you couldn't tell exactly. So... Since this was taped right after SmackDown... Let's look at SmackDown. Let's ignore what happened on Raw last week. Rock and Undertaker had the tag belts. One of my least favorite angles when foes have the tag, tag belts. Really? And they just lose them for whatever. You know, they have them for a week and then they lose. I like that, that angle. Never liked it. So, we see that Edge and Christian took the tag belts away from them after Angle, who was a special guest ref, screwed them out of it. Rocky Chance as the crowd wants Rock and Taker right now. Let's just skip. Let's go right to it. Stephanie announces Rock will take on Undertaker tonight. Edge and Christian then come out with Kurt Angle, and this is before the You Suck Chance, which I thank the Lord for. I hate the You Suck Chance. I've hated it every day since it started. I don't like the You Suck Chance. I don't like the What Chance. Get over it, guys. What? Exactly. They were still doing that on Raw this past week. It's they were. Like, I, 
And they only do it to Vince now. I don't know if it's... They do it to anybody that takes pauses, but especially Vince, because Vince purposely pauses and... He, he entices it to be said to him, I think. Well, and Hulk Hogan had the worst comeback ever to it when he got wedded right after uh, X8. So they were wedding Hulk Hogan, and when they said what, he said, what you gonna do, brother? What? <laughs> you gonna do brother that was his comeback to it so <laughs> one of your tasks as a talent on this roster is how to avoid the what chance and if you get them how to shut them down alexa bliss is very very good at it she every time she's gotten the what chance she shut it down in seconds so if you can do that you go way up in my book like, yeah and guys give it the fuck up and as far as the you suck chance like i know it's partly Kurt Angle's fault because he embraces it because he thinks it's like, oh, it's endearment. People are saying, you know, they recognize. Yeah. But I don't like it when it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, he's not a heel character, so right. whatever. Edge was the one that gave it to him, by the way, so his friend turned on him. Edge wishes the McMahons a totally Merry Christmas. Edge is in a leopard print shirt and pleather pants. Man, 2000 is in full force here. Have you watched any of the E&C show this season? I have not, not yet. I've watched it. The best part I saw was Samoa Joe selling Girl Scout cookies, but he only wants to sell Samoas, naturally. And <laughs> he is very, he's like a mob boss running the Girl Scout cookie sales, and it was the best thing they did the whole time. Also, uh, my second favorite thing, so they have this game where Christian and Edge face off in a game, and uh, Charlie Caruso puts something on the screen and says, you name whatever this is or whatever. Edge and Christian were able to put out... So they would put the outlines of those old action figures that we talked about on the screen. Just the outline. No yeah. pictures or anything. And these motherfuckers could know who they are. Like, Edge guessed all of them correctly. Just from, like, the outline of, like... A dude hold it. He was like Jimmy Snuka, and it was Jimmy Snuka. Like, the well, album. you know their different stances. Like, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, it was just, yeah. To me, they all looked the same. Like, right. I just couldn't believe these two guys knew it. That like, that yes. So well, it's like nobody would ever get the Bobby Eaton one over there. Uh, no, but the show's been pretty good this year. There's been a few misses, but for the most part, I'm, I'm glad it's back. Christian says you should have fired Mick Foley and Chad Nuga because all these fat, toothless people are unemployed. Also, because that that can apply to any city that you want to insult. I was gonna say I don't think we were we didn't have a bad unemployment record in 2000. <laughs> we were doing fine. We were doing fine here, Chad Nuga. They also want to talk about what happened on SmackDown. Edge pinned The Rock with Kurt Angle as the ref, so he stole the belts. Angle sucks, Chance, breakout. Angle tells Chattanooga they smell bad and that we give him the creeps. But now it's time to meet the Angle family, one of which, David, by the way, has since gone to jail for manslaughter. Killed his wife, so... Who is uh, this now? Which David one? Angle. He doesn't stand out in the crowd, but he does. he is there. Is he an actual relative yeah he's his brother yeah he's his he, really he's killed his, his wife only got to like two and a half years he's his actual brother Kurt yeah this Angle's dude brother. has like four brothers or however many he had here and then one was like i think so this is all his actual family like no yeah so yeah these are, <laughs> this is like the angle clan i thought this was all workers no like, i didn't i this is right wow my mind is blown because I thought this was workers. I didn't think it was his actual family. No, yeah, they weren't just jobbers. It's it's weird that they 
paid them all to come down to Chattanooga to do this one thing. That's great. So yeah, the, he introduces each of his family members. The Angle family and Edge and Christian then sing Walking in a Winter Wonderland. That's our only real Christmas reference, really, of the night. No no Stone Cold Stunning yeah. Santa or anything like that. Who- Eric, by the way, Eric has been used on multiple occasions. I'm Wasn't sure. he the one that he subbed in and like when he was in the feud with Brock, he like took the pinfall on SmackDown, like something like that. One because of the- dude, he looks spot freaking on like Kurt's twin. It's insane, and he has a really bad bump later this evening. Who's here to interrupt Edge and Christian, The Rock or Undertaker, who are in the feud with them? No, 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 not of course. No, of course not. Maybe his Royal Rumble opponent, Triple H. No, no, no. He he's not even in Chattanooga tonight. Instead, it's Chris Jericho, who had a, yeah 2000, probably not his best year. He would have a better 2001, and then go right back down to having a bad career after that. But Chris Jericho interrupts it. He wants him to, of course, shut the hell up. He replaces the 12 Days of Christmas with the trash bag hoe in a pear tree. He calls Kurt Angle Kirk Angel, which I did appreciate. I like that. <laughs> he says, six angles that will never be a laying. These, they never get laid. No, never. And this is one of my other most hated spots in wrestling. When a guy comes out and says, I want a shot at the belt. And then they say, no. (laughs) Because why even have them say that, Patrick? JR, they're not going to grace us One and a two. Sleep the of the rest of Team Loser allow you to introduce myself. My name is Y2J. Yeah? And on behalf of all of these Jericho-holics, I would like to say, would you please shut the hell up? It's unanimous. I mean, It's not as though your singing wasn't mildly entertaining, but I think you're just singing the wrong song. What does he mean? I mean, instead of Winter Wonderland, you should be singing the 12 Days of Christmas. Because all you have to do is change a few of the lines. I mean, instead of geese, we have six angles who will never be a laying. What? Wait a minute. 
And then right in the middle of all that, we have two valley girls. And to top it all off, we have a filthy, dirty, disgusting, brutal, bottom-feeding, trash bag hoe in a pear tree. Wow. A hoe in a pear tree? He's not talking about Stephanie, is he? I think so, King. But Kirk, you were right about one thing. This is Christmas, and I only want one present. And it's not a slinky, and it's not a G.I. Joe with a kung fu grip. No, what I want is that World Wrestling Federation Championship that's around your waist. And I want it tonight. What? On Christmas night. Sounds like a challenge to me. Wait a minute. You come out here and you insult my family and friends and now you want to get rewarded? I don't think so. There you, you go. You forget about... Calm down, okay? Jericho, you never have been very smart, have you? I mean... Flattery will get you nowhere. You are denied your title shot. Okay? <laughs> like a big lump of coal for you. Doesn't sound negotiable either. Just give us the fucking match. It can end it. I'm sure this was probably the dark match afterwards because right. that's what they usually do. Right. But why even have him say that if you're just going to shut him down? All that does is piss off the crowd. Like, it's not good heel heat because it makes me just think, oh, well, they don't even want to give us that. Like, right. fuck you. So Jericho says, I want a shot at the belt tonight. The crowd goes crazy. Stephanie says, no, no, you're not. You won't be getting that. Not happening. Taboos. Instead, he, she channels her inner Teddy Long. And of course, it's a six man tag team match. Holla, holla. You can go pick your partners. To that, I wonder why Jericho just says, no. I don't want to do that. I wanted a title match. Yeah. Fuck a six-man tag. And Jericho, before the Dudleys even have a chance to accept, just says, ah. My tag partners will be getting tables. Yeah. They didn't agree to this, but yeah. they're, they're sucked in. So we go to break, and then we come back. Kurt Angle is taking the angles on a tour of the UTC McKenzie Arena. What a tour that would be. Look at this concrete. Look at this concrete. They run into K-Quick, Ron Killings, who in 2018 is still doing the same fucking bit where he just shows up backstage and makes a joke. But it's it, it works for him. Yes, yeah, so he's number 30 in the Royal Rumble this year. They won the Mixed Match Challenge, so he is oh, number I thought, 30. I hope he wins. <laughs> I really... I don't think that's Doesn't have be... to main event WrestleMania, just for the love of God, for the shock, sheer factor alone, let his ass win. So after the angles interrupt with K Quick, he says, well, man, this is a very, very white Christmas. <laughs> Benoit and Malenko are out next. The Radicals here, as Benoit's the IC champ, Malenko's got the light heavyweight belt. They're going to take on the Hardys with Lita, who Matt and Jeff say, stay backstage. She says no, and then they say, okay, that's fine, you can come out. Uh, on Heat, Malenko got rejected by Lita again, even though this was blown off at Armageddon. So It still kept going. I never think. stops. Yeah. Jeff hits poetry in motion of both the Radicals on the ringside area. The Radicals keep Jeff cornered. Dean works the leg. Jeff tries to roll Benoit up for a near fall. The Radicals get drop kicked by Jeff. Matt tags in. Spears Malenko. Jeff and Matt double backdrop Benoit. Lita low blows Malenko, who's going to superplex Matt. Matt hits a leg drop from the top rope and wins the match. One, two, three. 
great for these new signees to get jobbed out in a year as I mean Benoit would have a burner with Jericho at the Rumble so big things were coming their way but this was Dude, just like a house show I, I know you hate that match chair shots yeah but that fuck that's an awesome awesome ladder match yeah but for the purposes of this this meant nothing I mean th- yeah no like I like I said this whole show felt really like a really good house show card basically Benoit beats down Matt after the bell. Malenko cloverleafs him. Lita, in a very eerie moment, gets put in the crossface by Benoit. And so Benoit doing violence against women is just very, very creepy. Why is that? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Jeff was apparently knocked out the whole time, so he just... This beating occurs, and the radicals just give it up and go go back. Like, real, really knocked out, or just... No, nah, he was oh, just laid okay. out. He... We go backstage, Benoit tries to talk trash to Lita, who's being attended to, and Matt Hardy and him just schmoz, which, again, this goes nowhere as Jericho's his opponent at Rumble, so whatever. Rock is, of course, late to the arena, and he comes in and... He's coming down the front. If you know the front, the bottom steps right there, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Right there at where the intersection is. Why the fuck is he coming down the front right there? Why is he just now getting there? I mean, the show... Well, that's two separate questions, but yeah, yeah. it's good, great, great questions. Right, yeah, the back entrance is like a, uh, it's like a driveway a... to a garage yeah. in the back. I don't know, but what I do like is that he ignores Michael Cole asking him about Why the match. Why is he getting here like... Just totally ignores him. This is what more people should do to fucking Michael Cole. But he doesn't do a lot of backstage stuff anymore, unfortunately. Kevin Kelly is with Deborah, as this is the worst thing on this show. <laughs> Deborah, why do you think Mr. McMahon would ask you to remain on as lieutenant commissioner after he fires Mick Foley? Kevin, you know, I don't even know. And I don't even know what the motives are behind Mr. McMahon, but the one thing I know is that Mick Foley, he taught me how to be fair as lieutenant commissioner, and that's the one thing that I am going to do. But, you know, sometimes when I think about it, now that Mr. McMahon's back in charge, you know, things just hadn't quite been the same around here. I don't know. Deborah, I bet you really miss Mick, don't you? <sighs> you know, Kevin, I miss Mick so much because, you know, he made my job so much fun around here. And now, as Lieutenant Commissioner, it's just like a job. But tonight, I'm going to make Mick Foley proud of me. And I'm going to put together a triple threat hardcore title match. And this is going to be between Hardcore Holly, Raven, and Steve Blackman. So Merry Christmas, Mick. As she is now the commissioner of Raw, Deborah is fucking awful. At her answer to Kevin Kelly, she just says she's going to make Mick proud of her, but she breaks down crying. She's all upset. And she was just in way over her head in this. Well, she's Austin's wife, so they said whatever. We'll give of... you, we'll give you a job. Okay, quick question. So you brought up Austin's wife. As we're leading into this WrestleMania, we're only like a month and a half away from where she then is forced to start managing Rock, and then it is brought forth that she is going to manage Rock at WrestleMania. Then they totally. Then they just dropped it. Why? I think they realized just how awful it was. I think I think the main reason they dropped it at the actual match is because Vince 
decided he wanted to do that run in at the end and right. said it would make no sense if Deborah was there, I guess. Right? I mean, what would she I don't be? Know. Yeah. Because she was managing The Rock, going to the ring with The Rock, doesn't at that event, and then all of a sudden, like, she pops right back up with Austin and Vince and Triple H. And so I was like, well, what? It made no sense. <laughs> well, I. Because the greatest sit down face to face with Austin and Rock right, building yeah. into that. Well, part of that. Over half of that. Part was, of the My Way promo is, yeah. Is talking it, about Deborah. It's talking about Deborah. And then it, it makes, never. Yeah. <laughs> like when Austin walked out the couple times that he walked out or whatever, Vince talked about him being difficult to work with. I'm sure he just wanted Deborah on TV, and Vince gave him that up to a point. And then I guess day of WrestleMania just pulled the rug out from underneath. Deborah and said, no, you're not part of this. And it would have also... It just would have been so weird if she had been out there. Because naturally, you would think, okay, she's going to turn for Austin in that match. You're really going to sacrifice... Like, The Rock is really going to get, like, done in by Deborah in some way. Like, yeah. It was a bad... It was a bad layout for her to be out there completely at all. But here it is. They promoted the shit, and they didn't deliver. And that's just a cob up my ass about why I I want to know why. <laughs> like I want to know why. It's been years now that we've talked we we did that like I think our second show. Second show was X7, yeah. cuz it was my first pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm still it's like oh we brought it up then. I'm still fucking bringing it. It's a corn cob up my ass about why the fuck she was just part of this at all. And then all of a sudden just like whoop Nowhere to be found. And no explanation. Not a damn one. <laughs> just, it, it is weird. It, it, it's it's one of the most unique things in wrestling that... Like, they've dropped shit before. Oh, but, yeah, they drop shit all the time. But yeah. for this one particular one, involving the biggest WrestleMania in history, practically, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, I, I just want someone to say, you know what, we... We realized we were going to fuck up, so we just pulled her. Then I would say, thank you. You let me know. Well, it's just like we talk about... Well, I've mentioned several times. All it takes is one sentence from JR. Deborah's been banned from ringside. Something like that. Done. Exactly. Taken care of. Ex- yeah. Explain. They they overthink stuff so much sometimes that they don't even remember to explain why it doesn't happen. Right. Vince said she's banned from ringside. That's it. Done. Yeah. And then on Raw, you could... I mean, yeah, and she paired right back up with Austin afterwards, so... The very next night! <laughs> the very yeah, next night! Commissioner Austin was right there with her. I mean, the sheriff. Yeah. The two-man power trip with Deborah. Two-man and two-women power trip. Time for a good plunder match, you know? No house show is really complete without a good plunder match. Well, especially one here in Chattanooga. Well, that features Steve fucking Blackman. I mean, the crowd didn't know what they were really in for tonight. Vince, by the way, he couldn't appear tonight, but he's on speakerphone. Yes, it's the year 2000 speakerphone. He would Skype in now, but... Speakerphone on a a cord phone, not a cordless. A cord right. phone. So. I really like that match. I think Angle teaming up with Edge and Christian... Against Jericho and the Dudleys is a great match, Steph. Congratulations. Thanks. I thought you'd like it. Yeah, no question about it. That little b- 
Jericho's gonna pay. Well, I would suspect if anyone knows how to make someone pay, it, it would be you. Can you hang on just one second or stuff? I'm, I'm right in the middle of all this traffic here with a soup kitchen, okay? <laughs> sure. I mean, some of these people, these homeless people, they, they're homeless, all right, I guess, but they've got nice cars. Hang on, hang on one second, okay? Nice cars? <laughs> like, man, this is so fun. <laughs> oh, oh uh, sorry. Uh, just a little sideline there. Who the hell was that? What? Dad, who was that? Oh, a homeless lady. They get giddy off of when they have too much soup. They're not accustomed to, you know, so much soup, and when they get a certain amount, they get a little giddy, you know what I'm saying? Dad, can you put that giddy woman on the phone? Um, well, no, actually, she, she, just, she just left. And quite frankly, Steph, they're, they're asking for me to come back and, and, and ladle out some more soup. I, have a good night, and I'll try to have fun over here where I am. Dad! Bye! Dad! Vince! He claimed he was at the soup kitchen. No, he's having sex with Trish instead. How but dare you make those accusations? That's what it seemed like to me. Stephanie was very offended by this. Though, knowing her father's history, like how she was uh, basically sold off to The Undertaker, why would she be so offended by this? This would make perfect sense that her dad is a scumbag, so... Lugs, by the way, is Santa's choice of boots. I didn't know if you knew that, but I did Santa, not know Santa that. wears lugs. When it's going to be a tough night, but he still wants to look right, Santa chooses lugs boots. Peace and joy, lugs. I did not know that. It makes me want to go buy a pair of lugs. Do you own a pair of lugs? I did back in the day. I did don't you? anymore. I, they're still available. But are they I, now? I think they are. But I had a pair. They weren't the boots. They were they were shoe versions. They were okay. Nothing special. Cheapo shoes. They were yeah. They were cheaper than they Ni- were, Nikes. Yeah, they weren't like they Nikes. were like forty or fifty dollars shoes. Kane brawled with Austin on SmackDown. That's your replay. Cole tries to have a word with Austin again. Austin fucking gives Cole the cold shoulder. Austin though says he does want to beat Kane and he's gonna give him an ass whipping for Christmas. As we all do. People ask for many things during Christmas, but you're the first person, the only person I know, that would ask for a match against Kane. Is that right? Hell, I consider myself lucky because this year for Christmas, I'm getting exactly what I want. And since Christmas is the given time of the year, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to give that big, sorry son of a bitch Kane the gift that keeps on giving a certified Austin 316 brand can of whoop ass. And this ain't no ordinary Christmas this year for Kane, not by a long shot. This year, Kane is going to witness his own stone cold Christmas, and that's the bottom line. Cause stone cold Simpson. Hardcore Holly is taking on Raven, who has the plunder in the garbage can. This was Raven's gimmick. They're I take- want to know how he traveled this shopping cart from town. How he to got town. it through TSA. Yeah. Or how he checked it. Yeah, I'd like to check my uh, shopping cart, please. It's full of shit. Make sure. It, ever- mostly trash can lids for some reason. And stop signs. Yeah. They're taking on champion Steve Blackman. Holly smatters Raven and Blackman with trash can lid shots. Raven fire extinguishes them. Raven takes Holly into the crowd with Blackman. Blackman beats him with the lid some more. Holly breaks a broom over Blackman. This was probably the most vicious shot of the whole match. Fuck. A fucking wooden broom just... And this shit literally just... I mean, it broke and flew. They break the raw interview set, as would be done often. They throw some jobbers in a dumpster. 
Then Blackman takes Raven up the steps of the UTC McKenzie Arena and throws him down the steps. Holly misses a 2x4 shot and fucks someone's Taurus up because when he misses, he swings and smashes someone's Ford Taurus. Blackman suplexes him on the hood of the Taurus. One, two, three. Blackman retains the belt. Or does he? No, he doesn't. A belly-to-back suplex. On a Ford Taurus. On a Ford Taurus. But his shoulders were down as well. Well, it didn't matter anyway, because he would pick up the belt and walk towards the arena, which was stupid, and Raven just smacks him with a 2x4, 1, 2, 3, takes the belt back, setting up our big WrestleMania match with Raven, Kane, and Big Show. So, I'm sure the belt changed hands 50 times between then, but (laughs) that's what ended up happening. We have a Royal Rumble replay of Sean's single foot win in 1995. Which is still a great Royal Rumble. But a very odd highlight to play as both of these men not in the company in December of 2000. Of all the highlights you could play. It's a great... I mean, that's like at this point in time, though, they're still showing Hogan highlights. Sometimes. And he's working for WCW. Well, he had walked out by now, so... William Regal is out. He's the European champion. Raw is brought to you by 1-800-CALL-HET, GTX Motor Oil, and 989 Sports, which was the PlayStation Sports division, which made some NFL games and mainly known for their snowboarding games. They sucked. Regal gives us a hard time for overeating during the holidays. We're all fat. We all eat too much. Babyface Kane, once again. Here we are. A couple weeks ago, Kane came out. Tombstone Pete Rose is a big baby face. Here he comes out and interrupts another heel. <laughs> what are we supposed to feel about Kane ever? We're supposed to love Kane. We feel bad for him that he was tortured <laughs> with a fire and was burnt to a crisp. Kane interrupts him, so Regal bails. Then Austin comes out. Time for their match. Halfway through Raw. They're unopposed tonight, by the way, and this is that's just doing now. William Regal gets on commentary for the match, which I was excited about. Unfortunately, he doesn't last long on the commentary table. (laughs) As Kane and Austin just brawl, Austin clotheslines Regal. They brawl on the announce table. Regal wakes back up, rejoins commentary, doesn't say much. Austin works the leg of Kane. Kane smacks Austin's leg on the post in return. Kane hits his top rope clothesline. Kane puts Austin in a bear hug, but then Austin hits his Thez press and punches. Kane grabs Austin by the throat, tries to stunner, gets countered into a tombstone, but then Austin stuns Kane, and then Regal comes in. Ding, 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 DQ. What does Regal have to do with Austin? Fucking nothing. Just a reason to end the match without anyone taking a loss. Austin takes a chair, smacks Regal in the back, and then just smashes Kane in the face with it. And then drink some Christmas beer, which was Budweiser, which Austin hates Budweiser, but this the XFL had a deal with Budweiser, so he was forced to drink Budweiser. So. Well, how do you know that he hates Budweiser? He said it on his podcast before. He oh. said, tastes like piss, he says. He hates it. And if you've noticed, ever since the XFL folded and he's done beer bashes, he never drinks Budweiser. He does not What like does Bud. he drink? I think Coors, is, Coors Light is his main His main thing. go-to? Yeah. Not Miller or anything like that. He's done Miller before because the Zamboni he drove was a Miller Lite That's what I Zamboni. Thought. Yeah. And I think he's drinking that. But Miller and Coors are very closely related. They're not... They're distributed by the same people, but he doesn't like Budweiser. Which is funny because they, you know, they would call him... I have a Steve Weiser. They would always make... Budweiser comments. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he doesn't like it. 
Well, and he barely drinks the fucking beer to begin with, by the way. I mean, if you take a beer and just spill it all over your face, you get maybe half a sip out of it. So it's not like he actually drank a lot of any of this shit. I wonder how many times he got pulled over and was like, uh, sir, you smell of alcohol. Do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, it's part of my job. I smell, I'm coated in alcohol, but I had half a sip of one. Who drinks beer like this, by the way? You know, I don't drink anything. Like, yeah. Did his mother not teach him how to drink properly? Because, I mean, just anything. Like, you know, even when Kurt Angle had the milk and he's up here with the hands. Like, no one drinks like that. I mentioned it before, but the lead up to X7 with him and The Rock. The Rock drinks a beer and he sips it properly like a gentleman would. Just, I mean, I don't... I know it's for, you know, theatrics, but... Drink the thing right. It's you know? it's funny. Yes. Cole is with American Badass Taker who spits out some chaw. This is fucking tabacky undertake. I forgot that he fucking chewed. <laughs> he turned into Mark Calloway from Texas for a few weeks and actually fucking spit tobacco. Like uh, and I'm assuming there was not a trash can there. No, just on no, the just ground. on the UGC. It's still there to this day. Yeah. Probably some big wad of chaw from the taker. <laughs> he says the rock runs his mouth, but he's all about hurting people. Tonight, two big dogs, one yard. Man, this still happens with him and Roman Reigns in 2018. We're still you got the big dogs in the fucking yard. He says, try him, he will make him famous, which DDP was at home taking notes. Hell, ain't nothing around here that surprises me anymore. Uh, I'll take that back. I'm surprised that the McMahons feel that they need to stir things up between The Rock and I. Hell, Cole, it's no secret to Rock and I. We don't like each other. Never have. Never will. You see, The Rock's the kind of guy, he's got a loud bark. He's all about running his mouth off. Me? I'm a guy with a big bite. I'm all about hurting people. And tonight, I just happen to be in the mood to hurt somebody. You see, I don't need a reason to fight. I just need somebody to fight. So tonight, two big dogs, one yard. We're going to see who's got the bark and who's got the bite. But I tell The Rock this. If he tries me, I will make him famous. The cat is out next, not um, the cat from WCW. Not Ernest Miller. Yeah, not Ernest Miller, but uh, the cat, Jerry Lawler's former wife, Miss Kitty, is out. She's got Christmas gifts. She does. She gives JR a VHS copy. Divas postcard Divas. from the Caribbean. That's right, yes. Yes. Then King wants to know what he gets, and then I said, a divorce. Just kidding, that would be a few months later. <laughs> then the stripper music hits, what they put... They, this is the same music they dub into Rick Rude's entrance in the video game, but the stripper music hits, and here comes the cat, hops on the table, and then gives her husband a table dance... And she has very little on. And this is just awkward to me, knowing that they're married. If they weren't married, it wouldn't be quite as awkward. Still weird, but not quite as awkward. I think, personally, she looked very nice. She looked fine. And I enjoyed it tremendously. 
the people in the arena not sitting directly in front of that were probably really pissed off because she had the Santa robe on, and so well, three-fourths po- of the arena was blocked out. Well, at this point in time, this is where we get our celebrity viewing. Uh, one, Mr. Belding was sitting behind... Oh, he's a huge sit- WWE fan. Sitting behind King, so he got an up-close-and-personal view of, of the cat. And, I didn't realize this. And you would go on to see him later on with with uh, Taker and Rock, as he would be then involved to a degree for a split second uh, when they worked over at the announce table. I didn't realize this. I'm glad that you made a note of this. She reveals her tiny lingerie and then kisses him on the lips, which, if they weren't married, would be even more weird. <laughs> but Stephanie is with TNA... No, not the wrestling organization. Test and Albert. Trish, though, no-showed us tonight. Boo! Tess says she's with Mr. McMahon. Kurt then calls his parents and brags about the six-man tag coming up. What a stupid thing to brag to your parents about. I'm in a six-man tag. I'm the world champion. I, I would tell him, you're a fucking loser then. Put the belt on the line. <laughs> and by the way, what's weird about this too, this Raw was pre-taped, so there's no way his parents could even see what was going on or hear their singing so whatever TNA is out next they're taking on Too Cool which is without Rikishi now it's just Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Tuhati Steph for some reason comes out to watch this match for no reason she's interested in the fact that her ex-fiance there, well there's no Trish her ex-fiance I'm assuming part Test part of it but the fact that there's no Trish involved in this and it, it's interesting why is there no Trish Albert bomb to Scotty too hotty for a near fall Brian Christopher breaks it up he takes test out but Albert takes him out the worm gets hit by Scotty too hotty but he gets a big boot from test then Steph grabs Test's big boot Brian rolls him up one two three too cool get a rare TV win as Brian Christopher rolls up test and Steph screws her former fiance for the win. Prince Albert is back with Steph. He doesn't know about Trish and Vince, but if you need anything, Albert is your man. Okay, this would never go anywhere. Y2J and the Dudleys are out next. The slam of the week by 1-800-COLLECT is the Olympic slam to rock and screwing him out of the belts. Angle and Edge and Christian are out next. 1-800-COLLECT. That's right. The easiest way to save money. It is. I got a question, so I never use this. If you were doing a long-distance call, did you actually dial 1-800-COLLECT, then dial the number? You would call 1-800-COLLECT, you would put in the number you want to call, then you have to make a, like, 20-second spiel of, like, it's Alex, answer the phone. Then they get to accept or decline your call. So there was actually a commercial uh, a few years after the fad of these went away where the guy just puts the whole message into... We had a baby, it's a boy. And hangs up or whatever, so you put the whole thing in there. But that's that's how it's done. Then the person who gets the call then gets to accept or decline the call. Okay. Which, the popularity of this, I remember one of my friends called me collect at least like a couple times, I think. Because... Why? Just I don't know. For because he lived uh, three miles away. He could have just called for free, but... But just for shits and giggles, he won't. Yeah, the advertising worked. I mean, he was... Do you accept the charges? I was like, I guess. Is he in... Like, I thought maybe he's in trouble or something. (laughs) 
Is is one eight hundred collect still around? It is. I think if you call it, you can still do it, but it's it's much more expensive than it used to be because uh, cell phones pretty much killed the long distance industry because it's all for so free. So what now. do they do now to stay in business? I'm wondering. Not much. I mean, I think it's used so infrequently. I mean, it probably doesn't cost them much to do it. So probably it overseas calls work better for them or something. Yeah, well, the main collect call business is actually prison calls, uh, which isn't handled by 1-800-COLLECT, but anytime you get a call from prison is a collect call. I know, because I've had relatives in prison, but they're no longer relatives, so I don't get calls from prison. As soon as a match starts, we want tables. Give them a chance to get to tables, guys. We want guys. some fucking tables, dude. You gotta give them. You gotta work up to the tables. No. If we, you give them the tables immediately, then what, what, what's left? We want that shit now. Jericho attempts the walls of Jericho to Christian, but Jericho rolls him up for an ear fall. We get the was up to Edge. Devon gets the tables. Thank goodness. Sets it up outside. A big back body drop to Christian from Bubba. Angle and Jericho get hot tags. Jericho levels Angle. Knocks ENC off the apron. Jericho starts brawling with the Angle family, which is in the crowd. Bubba puts Eric Angle through the table as he has to take the table bump tonight. Eric misses hitting his back on the table and just breaks it with his head. It is disturbing to watch. He's not a weekly performer. I don't know why they were like, yeah, yeah, you're good to go. Go ahead, hop in there. Yeah. Uh, Jericho hits a missile drop kick to Angle, misses a lion saw, Angle slam, one, two, three, the match is over. Uh, Angle's running to celebrate. It's a big Angle family reunion. Kurt beats Jericho down with his brothers. And that is that. Right to Censor is out next. B-Squared and the Good Father are out with Stevie Richards and Ivory. B-Squared gives an awful promo, makes fun of the APA shirt, which was said always pounding ass, which is a stupid shirt. The internet is bad, says Good Father. It gives you lots of bad things. He was right about that. (laughs) The APA and Jacqueline are out to take them on. Bradshaw suplexes. uh, The good father, Farouk, hits a reverse elbow. B-squared gets a sidewalk slam from Farouk. A top turnbuckle shoulder tackle to B-squared from Bradshaw. Ivory and Jackie catfight. Clothesline to B-squared and Stevie Richards. Val Venus runs in. DDT's Bradshaw. And B-squared leg drops Bradshaw. And holy shit, B-squared gets the only one I can remember him ever getting on TV. And he beats Bradshaw, future world champion Bradshaw, here on Raw from Chattanooga. So congrats. Full Buchanan. The RTC broke China's neck. JR has a sit down with her. This was awful. I skipped it. I don't care. The idea behind the whole thing was to weaken her to face... Because they wanted to move her out of the men's division. So right. we have this beast that's already been the Intercontinental Champion. So we have to weaken her to be able to make it believable that she fights Ivory. And so at the Rumble is when she does the back handspring the handspring right, and, and she yeah, fucks yeah. up her neck right, some right, more. Right, right, right. And then she just squashes Ivory at WrestleMania. And right. that's the end of it, basically. And then she doesn't last much longer after that, so... I actually thought it was a real injury, though, that led into substance problems. Not as serious as they were making it out to be, but an actual... Which led into her her issues. I could be wrong. I think Hunter and Steph led to a lot of her issues. Well, and 
she had a lot of issues with her mom growing up and stuff. She had a lot of demons, but the Stefan Hunter thing, it was just one of... Some people just can't recover from something like that, and I mean... I mean, her whole life was pro wrestling. I really do feel sorry for China uh, when she comes up a lot in, in these old things because, I mean, she was a bodybuilder. She didn't... She had no pro wrestling aspirations. Hunter gets her into it. They fall in love. She thinks they're going to get married and have this wonderful life. Then he cheats on her with the boss's daughter. Her career's over. The spotlight's gone. It's just really sad. I mean, it's not all... It's not on the... You know, I'm not going to lay all the blame with Hunter and Stephanie and everything. Because that kind of stuff happens. I do feel sorry for her, but at the same time, you have to have your own... You have responsibility for yourself to pick yourself up and move forward and and find another way. Kevin Kelly's with The Rock. The Rock has come back to Chattanooga finally and for the final time. I hope you play this entire segment because it is beautifully done. He's not afraid of The Undertaker. Rocky, the people's reindeer, they're very large and they're tall and they have a set of balls, unlike Kevin Kelly. Santa was drunk and full of gas, so Rocky shoved toys up Santa's ass. Undertaker's yard is on the people's planet. Merry Christmas. Finally, The Rock has come back to Chattanooga! Afraid? Afraid? Kevin Kelly, you actually stand here and ask The Rock, is he afraid of taking the last ride from The Undertaker? Well, let The Rock remind you of a couple of things. You see, The Rock has already taken the last ride from The Undertaker. And considering how The Rock felt after taking the last ride, The Rock will just as soon as to avoid the last ride altogether. And even though The Rock respects The Undertaker, even though The Rock can see right through Vince McMahon's little games he's trying to play, despite all that, the fact still remains is that The Rock is afraid of no one. But you see, The Rock doesn't want to talk about what he's scared of. No, no, no. The Rock wants to talk about what makes him happy, considering this is Christmas. And seeing as this is Christmas, it reminds The Rock of his very favorite Christmas story, entitled, Rocky the People's Reindeer. You see, Rocky the People's Reindeer was very large and very tall. And unlike Kevin Kelly, he actually had a set of balls. Oh my gosh! All the other jabroni reindeer used to be so jealous and look at him in vain because they couldn't stand the fact that all the people would be chanting Rocky's name. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa was drunk and full of gas. So Rocky took his big bag of toys and shoved them straight up Santa's candy ass. So Santa. Undertaker, never ever forget that your yard will always be on the people's planet. (laughs) 
Merry Christmas, Undertaker. Merry Christmas. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Dead man walking. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Time for our main event of the evening. 1-800-COLLECT presents the Royal Rumble. Rock is out next. Rock gets knocked out of the ring. They brawl on the outside of the ring. Undertaker snake eyes him on the guardrail, which is, I guess, where you see Mr. Belding. They get back in the ring. Rock hits a swinging neckbreaker, a Russian leg sweep to Taker. Taker hits a sidewalk slam for a near fall. A DDT to Undertaker for a two count. A bear hug to The Rock. Rock hulks up but gets a DDT from Taker. Taker calls for a choke slam. Rock tries a rock bottom. Taker counters with a choke slam. Everything gets shit on because here comes the big quiche. Rikishi comes down. Taker gets distracted, but then we get a spine buster to Taker from The Rock. Rikishi low bridges The Rock, and for some reason, low bridging is a DQ. Patrick, I don't know why that's a DQ. He didn't actually touch The Rock, but... I guess because he affected... The people's elbow. Right. He he... He stopped the people's elbow, which is a sin and a DQ in, in the world of wrestling, so... Well, especially it's a sin if it happens in the UTC McKenzie Arena. So Keish super kicks Rock, super kicks Taker, then hits standing seated sentons to Taker and Rock, and the big Keish is back. That was our big moment. Just like everything else on this card, this would mean fucking nothing going forward as the Rock would eliminate him in two minutes in the Royal Rumble as he came in at number 30 and immediately got chucked the fuck out, so... A way to get out of the match uh, without anyone doing the job, but I would have rather them just gotten counted out or Mr. Belding interfered. I, I don't care. That would have been awesome. Mr. Belding getting involved would have been He great. would love that. He's a huge wrestling fan. So this show of Raw, look, hour 37 or whatever, I can't complain. I, it's so easy to get through because... It's not a bad show. It's it's not bad. It's not good. It's just, it it exists. Like I said, it was a really souped-up house show. If this was a house show, I'd be floored because, like, the level of talent, like you said, you get Austin, Rock, Taker, Angle, Jericho, Benoit. You get all the top performers of that era on the card. Do they all have conclusive finishes? Fuck no. Hardly any of the matches had a conclusive finish. But you do get to see them. You do get to hear... Austin's Disturbed theme, which I thought was cool to see on Raw. Um, you got to see the worm. You got, Yeah, you got to see Bull Buchanan and Too Cool get wins, so uh, that's pretty rare. It's passable. It's a passable episode of Raw. It's, unfortunately, it doesn't build to anything. Even the stuff with Trish on the phone or whatever is, like, vague, you know? It's not even... Right. You can't tell it's her voice for sure. Sure, she comes out with, like, Tess and Albert and... Albert is like, oh, I got your back, or whatever, but it's a Christmas episode. No one's watching. They were unopposed. Who gives a shit? But for a show that they had no reason to put their top-tier talent on, they did do that, so the arena was full. It was a decent... It was a really an A-plus house show, is what I would call this. Is If I went there, I would be totally satisfied. The dark match was probably Jericho and Angle. I'd be totally satisfied with this experience but as far as the purpose of tv which is to build to a pay-per-view it failed in every aspect of that and it 
the return of Rikishi. You're going to do that on Christmas night if you want. I've said it before about Rikishi. You can't take a guy out of the comedy mid-card, a babyface comedy mid-card character, and then make him into a monster heel, beating down two of your top-tier guys and expect us to take it seriously. Well, that's the reason that he gets, later on, he gets ran, he runs over Austin. Well, he already did that. Oh, is that he what did he did it already... for The Rock already. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, they they had an idea. I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. Like, he was already past his prime at this point, too, as far as an in-ring talent. He was, you know, he's passable. Dude, he'd but... been working since, like... Yeah, the 80s. Like, he's yeah. a Super Clash 88. Like, Yeah, yeah, he'd been working since, like, mid, early mid-80s was when he got started. So... I think they felt the need to build heels or whatever because even their heels were being cheered like right even but you had people like benoit and angle like if they didn't treat angle like such a joke like if they had turned went ahead and made him into like the wrestling machine which they did in 06 or whatever they wouldn't have to worry about saying oh, okay rikishi now i know you were dancing a month ago but now you're a killer heel right. or whatever so to see it was easier to take him tr- like for truth I guess after he ran down Austin, they had something going with him to possibly be able to step into that next tier of main event status. Well, but they, they never they never cashed in on it. Well, and also they didn't change anything about his look. He still had the dyed blonde hair and the fucking pleather and yeah. everything. Like he just looks like Rikishi from Too Cool with yeah. a different entrance theme. Yeah. So. Uh, but on our rating scale, if Hornswall go to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rate the final Raw from Chattanooga, Tennessee? Well, he's a big man. And he was in the audience, so I'm going to give it to Mr. Belding. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm going to give it a Scotty Too Hottie, as it had, uh, it had its moments, but it wasn't really anything that awesome. I challenge you to go back and find Mr. Belding, though. It's... Oh, I'm sure he's easy to find. Yeah. They also... There was a radio station that would, that would constantly... Every Raleigh did in Chattanooga, they would plant a guy with a sign behind J.R. and King, and they also did it in this year. Oh, so U.S. Little One, yeah, yeah. they did it three years in a row. This will come out, hopefully, on Christmas, and then our next episode will be on New Year's, so I picked a New Year's Revolution... We've already done the 2005 edition from Puerto Rico, so we'll do the 2006 edition, which features an elimination chamber, Patrick, which features Chris Masters and Carlito, so you know it's going to be a good one. That's right. And uh, that's it. Go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code Retro Wrestling. watch some CZW, watch some light tubes, uh, get splattered into people's faces, among other things. It's going to literally, y'all, I cannot stress this enough it is huge if you're if you're a true wrestling fan it is the place to go because they are carrying things from all over the world as it pertains to wrestling so yeah power slam tv is flat out hitting home runs and you need to know about them and i'm honored and privileged to have now been uh been tied in with them so definitely y'all go check it out it's going to be awesome it's great you get so much content for so little amount of money and you get viable content not shit that you can just randomly see on the network with wwe so yeah so on twitter 
I've been playing in a prediction league for these WWE pay-per-views. It's the Josh and Stu podcast. They are they run this prediction league, and I fill out these sheets for every pay-per-view or whatever. But you didn't do too hot last. Uh... I lost by one point last time uh, in the TLC prediction match. I've done fairly well overall, but we're always like in fourth or fifth place, which uh, sometimes I can pick the winner, but I part of the prediction league is you have to pick the method of how they win or which partner pins the other partner, and I get some of that wrong. But anyway, in the Josh and Stu prediction league, we are now officially the number one contenders for the Josh and Stu podcast prediction league title coming up at Royal Rumble. So we've got our first title shot. Uh, in this prediction league. So yeah. a lot riding on this. Plus, Josh and Stu have picked us to be... They've started a now a tag team podcast league, and they have chosen us as a as their tag team partner, which I'm very thrilled about because I didn't know if we would be able to find another podcast partner. I don't know how this league works. I'm still confused about the scoring about everything, but we, we do pretty well on there. So I'm all in, man. I'm all in. Let's... uh. Let's win this damn thing. Yeah, that's 1-1 for the Gipper. Exactly. Well, that'll do it for this week. New Year's Revolution 2006 is your assignment. That's your homework next week. I'm Intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my clothesline is a clothesline. And bingo, bingo. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv.